Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Jill Biden. You call her Dr. Jill. To quote short round. Dr. Jill Biden released her response to the special counsel report. And this went out in a campaign email, a fundraising email. It was not like a statement put out on the Twitter machine or something. Here's what she said. Quote, I hope you can imagine how it felt to read that attack, not just as Joe's wife, but as Bo's mother. See, because Bo died. Bo was Joe Biden's son, I believe, from the first marriage, right? And when he died in Iraq, or no, sorry, he died from the chemical cloud in East Palestine. No, sorry. What did he... I forget. Afghanistan during the withdrawal. No, that's not right either. No, he when so Bo Biden passed away and this came up in the special counsel's report because the special counsel, Robert Hur, noted that Joe Biden could not remember what year his son died. Even within a couple years, he, he could not peg the date. And. When Joe Biden did his press conference and he got all angry and, you know, like, how dare he even suggested and all this stuff. And I have this rosary on my wrist and all that. Again, if you would like to refute this and you'd like to prove that the special counsel was mistaken in his assessment of your cognitive functions and abilities, then I'd say release the depositions, release the transcripts, release any videos or recordings. The, the interviews occurred over five hours over the course of two days. So why not just release them and we'll all get a look. And we'll say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that special counsel her uh, would would lie about your mental capabilities. He is a partisan hack. Oh, my gosh. Right. That'd be the way to prove it. So now um, uh, Jill Biden puts out this statement saying, I don't know what this special counsel was trying to achieve. We should give everyone grace, and I can't imagine someone would use our son's death to score political points. The special counsel didn't use your son's death to score political points. They used it as an example of Joe Biden's faulty memory, which is a material fact in the decision not to prosecute. So if you're going to tell me that your husband is not senile, if you're going to tell me your husband has not lost any of his mental faculties and that he didn't forget the year, that the special counsel is lying, he's just making up this stuff to score political points, none of this is true, well, then what does that mean? It means bring the damn charges, right? That's what that means. 
I think she wants her husband to go to jail. She says, if you've ever experienced a loss like that, you don't measure it in years. You measure it in grief. May 30th is a day forever etched on our hearts. It shattered me. It shattered our family. Well, it's not the it wasn't the date specifically. It was the year. And he couldn't even get close to the year. But she ignores that part. So many of you know that feeling after you lose a loved one where you feel like you can't get off the floor. What helped me and what helped Joe was to find purpose. That's what keeps Joe going, serving you in the country we love. Joe is 81, that's true. But he's 81 doing more in an hour than most people do in a day. Really? So he's like the Army? He's the U.S. Army, right? Okay. Joe has wisdom, empathy, and vision. He has delivered on so many of his promises as president precisely because he's learned a lot in those 81 years. His age, with his experience and expertise, is an incredible asset, and he proves it every day. This was in an email to campaign donors, which should tell you all you need to know about the damage that that report and his performance did, that she had to go out there and send out this email. This is a piece by Karen Townsend at hotair.com. Special counsel Her showed plenty of grace to Joe Biden in his report. He chose not to charge him with the crimes he committed since Biden's days in the Senate. The reason, according to Her, is that a jury would find Biden to be an old man who has lost his memory. It would be too difficult to prosecute him. Would Jill Biden prefer her husband to be prosecuted? Because that's the choice here. Either he is too mentally demented to do his job and to stand trial, or he has to be prosecuted. So which is it? She thinks, Dr. Jill Biden thinks, that her is settling political points. He's a Trump appointee. But here's the thing. Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed her as the special counsel in the case. Garland is a Democrat and a member of Joe Biden's administration. So was Merrick Garland in on it, too? By the way, we don't know all of the contents of the documents that were found in the garage and at the think tank, right? All of these documents that Joe Biden swiped and and brought to his home and to the to the office, um, We don't know the contents because they were classified. However, we have some uh, we we have some identifying marks, such as dates and topics. It's very, very interesting. Very interesting. Margot Cleveland over at The Federalist. She said, while the specific details in the recovered documents remain unknown, the nearly 400 page report provides an extensive enough summary of the materials to confirm an overlap in the timing and the topics of Joe Biden's vice presidency and Hunter Biden's business enterprises. If you go to the report from the special counsel, Appendix A shows a table, a couple of chairs around it. No, I'm kidding. It's a table summary, right, of all the documents that were recovered. And a lot of the top secret and classified documents concerned Ukraine. And they concerned Ukraine during the time frame 
when Hunter Biden was acting as the intermediary between Burisma's owner, Mikola Zlochevsky, and Hunter's dad, the then vice president, Joe Biden. Overlap. Same time frame. Those just happened to be the documents that wound up at Joe's place. Remember, Hunter Biden's business partner, Devin Archer, he told the House Oversight Committee that in early March of 2014, right, so Joe Biden is still Veep at the time, but, you know, they, they're looking at 2016. What are you doing after 2016, right? That this is, this, you got a plan for your retirement here. Devin Archer met with Burisma's chief, Zlochevsky, in Moscow. And soon after, Devin Archer and Hunter Biden joined Burisma's board. That March 2014 timeline, it's going to become a little bit relevant when you look at the, the table summary of all the documents that were retrieved. Mm-hmm. Got a message here. I did not know this, uh, the, but it makes sense. The Daytona 500 is always the day before uh, President's Day Monday. So they're... Okay, well, we can have we can have another President's Day. We have like like 50-something presidents, right? 40-something presidents. So like, I'm fine with us having a couple President's Days. One after the Super Bowl. Ooh, how about Super Bowl and Daytona 500? Joint location. Like, do the, do the race and do the Super Bowl in the same city. Well, I guess then it would always be Daytona. Okay, never mind. Thank you, Missy. I appreciate that. Uh, let me see here. This is from Russ. Talking about the uh, Merrick Garland Attorney General and the special counsel report. Uh, impartial or possible closeted right winger are exactly what come to mind with Merrick Garland. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, he's the worst Biden pick for cabinet. I don't know. That's some really strong competition. I mean, from the Veep all the way down for every cabinet position I can think of. It really seems like his appointees tried to outdo each other for the title of worst on a weekly basis. You could have Biden in some kind of a wheelchair and roll him in for appearances to make him seem more youthful. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, that's one of the uh, the pieces of advice that Democrats uh, have provided the White House. They've been trying to offer up helpful suggestions. And look, you know me. I am all about solutions. I am a giver. And so uh, I totally understand why people are trying to help out the president uh, with some of these tips on how to look not 81 years old. Um, you know, number one, uh, maybe do some better makeup. Uh, number two, change the lighting, which, oh, I got uh, there was a suggestion here. From Jeff, who said uh, on Twitter, it's a Pete tweet, said, Pete, Biden should bring back that red lighting look that he had going on a couple of years ago. It did so well for him. Right? It make him look way younger. It's a good idea. I remember it. It was iconic. Right? The whole red background thing. It, like the, the, and the, like the flags that looked almost like black and red. And then he was like getting angry. Remember that? Yeah, like that's very powerful moment. Joe says, how can anybody with a straight face say Joe Biden has done anything good when I heard you read that from donors? I thought squirrel. 
Who in their right mind thinks this guy is doing good? Tell me seriously. <laughs> well, hey, Democrats do. Look, I was at a, a friend's house for the Super Bowl yesterday, and every person there besides me were very, 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 very worried about Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. They don't want Donald Trump. That that was an interesting conversation. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let me go over. Uh, let me go over here to Bob. Hello, Bob. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pete. How are you today? Hey, I am all right, sir. How are you doing? Good. Just, just uh, in, in the spirit of solutions, of which I know you are in favor. Yes. They could have the Super Bowl in the infield of Daytona International Speedway as they race the race. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool to see, like, drunk, topless women standing on the top of motorhomes watching the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Why not? No, that's... Uh, so, okay. And and it's it's raining. I knew it was going to rain today because the better my hair looks, the more likely it is to rain. Uh, but, uh, you know how I knew it was going to rain because I saw the forecast? Yeah. That, yeah, they do that, too. Yeah. Uh, what What upset me, angered me the most... From the White House this weekend, the White House official uh, YouTube channel released a 50-second, 49-50-second video yesterday, and it's Biden sitting in a chair, and they're doing close-ups of good American companies, Frito-Lay, Keebler, Turkey Creek, Briars, Nabisco. Yeah. And he's talking about shrink shrinkflation and how they're... Uh, you know, reducing the size of the packages and charging you more and telling them to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And and I just thought that was a, a, an awful thing to do. That When I looked at it this just before I left the house, it had a little under 80,000 views, but it had under 800 likes. Mm. And that's a horrible... Yeah. Ratio. No, that's Hor- a bad ratio. ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Horatio. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you have that word. Thank you. So, uh, but that's, um, just, you know, on the day that they spend so much money to promote their product, and then you got the grouchy dude complaining about it. About literally the price of ice cream. Interview. Yeah. He's literally complaining about the price of his cookies and ice cream. And, um, and, and making, you know, not even close to the connection uh, that it's because of the inflation, which is because of his policies. Exactly. Yeah. Bob, I appreciate the call, buddy. Good to hear from you. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing, that video. And yet, he would not sit for the interview for the Super Bowl, but they put that video out talking about the, the shrinkage uh, of the packaging and stuff, which, I don't know, maybe... I don't know, maybe... Were they in the pool? I don't... Sorry. Too soon. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, 
camping and hiking supplies even, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Email to Pete at ThePeteCalendarShow.com from Chris. Hey, Pete, how about we wrap the track, the NASCAR track, the Daytona 500, around the field and run both the 500 and the Super Bowl at the same time? Then give us all the next day off since we're going to have to drink twice as much. Well, I mean, that does make sense because you've got two events. So you'd have to just double up. Um, Chip says, if you'll recall, Biden attempted on several occasions to imply that the truck driver was drunk in the car crash that killed Joe Biden's wife and daughter, I believe. And in fact, it, uh, his first wife mistakenly pulled in front of that driver. He was not charged for DUI and was cleared after an investigation. Biden's character informs us once again. Uh, George says, uh, Joe Biden is essentially saying her husband gets more done in an hour than most people get done in a day. My wife says she's right because I am a bad napper. I don't I, I think. Okay, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, and then DL says, hey, remember Rush used to call Joe Plugs Biden because the hair transplant was to make him look younger. Yep. And it's still, I will say it, it's still there, like. He's all, he's missing all in the back, and he's just got like some of those old original, you know, wisps in the front still hanging in there. Um, Richard wants to know why all the fuss over Joe Biden not knowing the year that Bo Biden died. I mean, he doesn't even know where his son died. He's been claiming he died in Iraq for years. So that's true. Um, I do wonder, you know, Joe Biden has this long history of lying. And um, a lot of people don't, you know, who don't follow politics were not aware of his long history of lying and his just general jerkiness, you know. Um, But um, I do wonder if, like, you've told so many fibs and tales over your life that when you start to lose touch with what is real and what is not as you become advanced in, in age... Do you start thinking those things were true? Like the the lies, the stories you told. You told them so many times that now they become real in your brain, you know? I mean, that's got to be some, that's got to be like a prison of some kind, uh, you know, in your own mind. You're, you're now a prisoner of these stories that you conjured up. Um, Mike has a suggestion. He says the White House could hire a ventriloquist who will stand beside Joe and do all of the talking while Joe mumbles and rants unheard. It solves the verbal gaffes problem. That's a, well, I think Obama's got some time on his hands. Like he could stand next to Joe with his hand up his back. That's, you know, he could do that. Um, All right, back to this piece at thefederalist.com, Margot Cleveland's piece. Biden documents confirm Hunter's pay-to-play was a family affair. 
Among the material recovered from President Biden's unauthorized storage locales were several top secret and otherwise classified or confidential documents discussing Ukraine. One undated document talks about Russian aggression towards Ukraine and another dated September 2014 um, was a memorandum for the vice president from staff members and the subject was U.S. energy assistance to Ukraine. Again, this is September 2014, which is just a couple of months after Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's partner, and Hunter Biden joined Burisma's board. March of 2014, they joined Burisma's board. A month after they joined the board, in April of 2014, Hunter Biden sends Devin Archer an email dated April 13th, one week before Joe travels to Ukraine to meet with the Prime Minister Arseniy Yatsenyuk. And he refers to, Hunter Biden in the email, refers to, quote, my guy's upcoming travels. My guy's upcoming travels. Hunter then elaborated on 22 points about Ukraine's political situation, with detailed information about the upcoming election and predicting an escalation of Russia's destabilization campaign, which could lead to a full-scale takeover of the eastern region, most critically Donetsk. And among the material recovered were those confidential documents from September of 2014. So the overlap here is between Joe Biden's Ukraine-related work as vice president, when, remember, he went to Barack Obama and said, let me run point on this. So you've got that happening at the same time Hunter Biden's Burisma profiteering becomes more pronounced in 2014 into 2015. And by the end of 2015, the lobbying firm Blue Star Group, which Hunter Biden had arranged to, uh, to work with Burisma, Blue Star Group wrote to Burisma that it had, quote, participated in a conference call today with senior Obama administration officials ahead of U.S. Vice President Joe Biden's trip to Ukraine next week. That memo provided a summary of the conference call telling Burisma that Michael Carpenter, who is Vice President Biden's special advisor for Europe and Russia, along with a guy named Dr. Colin Kahl, the vice president's national security advisor, that these two guys had presented the agenda for the trip to Blue Star, who was working with Burisma. And, and these two people on Biden's staff, his aides, his foreign, uh, his national security advisor and his special advisor for Europe and Russia, they answered questions about current U.S. policy towards Ukraine on a conference call with Burisma and Blue Star. Two days after receiving the memo, Burisma executives Zlochevsky and Vadim Pajarsky pushed Hunter Biden to call his dad. They wanted, according to Devin Archer, they, they were concerned over the pressure that they were under from the Ukrainian investigators. Viktor Shokin, remember? And during Biden's visit the following week to Ukraine, the vice president threatened to withhold U.S. loan guarantees from the country unless the Ukrainian president fired the prosecutor general, Viktor Shokin. 
and Chokin was later fired. Biden bragged about his role in the termination. Biden claims that he he pressured Ukraine to fire Shokin because he was corrupt. He wasn't doing the work. He wasn't really trying to root out corruption. He was just doing what U.S. policy called for. Funny thing about the U.S. policy, though, is that it shifted. There was a change in U.S. policy. Going back to this piece, uh, Margot Cleveland's piece at thefederalist.com. Quote, Biden continues to maintain that his demands to the Ukraine to fire its prosecutor general, Viktor Shokin, represented U.S. policy. But that policy seemed to have made a sharp turn from just months prior. According to the House Oversight Committee, quote, In June of 2015, then Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs, Victoria Nuland, wrote Prosecutor General Shokin and applauded his office's progress in anti-corruption efforts. The U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, named Jeffrey Pyatt, also praised Shokin and his, for his efforts. As part of its impeachment inquiry, the House Oversight Committee has been seeking records to establish how American policy shifted from supporting Shokin to demanding his firing. Right? Doesn't that seem like it's a pretty important piece of information in all of this? Right? This, been, this has been one of the biggest disconnects in that you've got Biden going over, right, at the same time his kid and his kid's business partner, uh, also, by the way, Hunter, you know, flew overseas with Joe to Ukraine. So he's on the board of Burisma. Burisma's getting investigated. And they're like, we want you to relieve, you know, relieve some of this pressure on us from this guy. And so then Biden's like, fire him. And he gets fired. And all the reporting... All the mainstream media outlets, they've all been regurgitating what Joe Biden says and what the the bureaucracy and the uh, Democrat defenders and such, what they've all been saying, which is, oh, this was the policy. This was the policy. Right. But why did it change? Why was there all of this glowing praise for Shokin? And then, oh, no, no, not not that guy. He's no, it's, he's now bad. What happened? And he was actually pursuing Zlochevsky and Burisma, right? He had seized a couple of his cars at that point, frozen a bank account. Zlochevsky was hiding out in some other country at the time. That's why they had to meet uh, with uh, with uh, Hunter Biden at some other place. I forget what country it was now. Italy, maybe? No, that was Cafe Milan. But anyway, um, no, they, they had to have separate meetings in different countries because the guy had fled Ukraine. Because Shokin was investigating. So this uh, special counsel, Robert Herr, this investigation into Biden, yes, has ended. And now that it has, James Comer, who is, you know, House Oversight Committee, he's demanding unfettered access to all of these documents that Robert Herr's investigation used that are all still classified. Because Joe Biden was keeping these documents for a reason. And the documents happen to coincide with the exact same time frame as the Ukrainian deal. Which you'll recall when 
Donald Trump started asking questions from Zelensky. Hey, what can you tell me about this Ukrainian deal? That's what got him impeached. The key is not whether Joe Biden retained the documents to further Hunter Biden's selling of access. But whether he shared details that he had learned from his position as vice president with Hunter Biden. And that, to me, is the most obvious explanation. Because Hunter Biden's 22 bullet points that he sent over in that email don't read like anything Hunter Biden drafted himself. Right, This guy was, you know, at this time, you know, this guy is sending out text messages that are barely intelligible. The 22 bullet points read an awful lot like the staff-generated report for the vice president. Given the thousands of emails that Vice President Biden exchanged using his fake accounts, his pseudonyms, right, on the, on the Gmail accounts and stuff, Rob Ware and all that, the fact that he had no problem sharing classified information with his ghostwriter and that he has lied repeatedly about his involvement with Hunter Biden's business affairs, it is not a stretch to believe that he shared confidential information with his son to advance Hunter's pay-to-play scheme. But the special counsel's report makes one thing clear. Joe Biden will never face a jury, not because he's innocent, but because he lacks the mental competence. Attorney General Merrick Garland apparently concurred in that assessment as he approved the report from the special counsel. So Garland, as a member of the cabinet, what does that mean? He approved the release of this report as it is, which means what? Is he going to be discussing 25th Amendment remedies at this point? Shouldn't he? At some point, this becomes too obvious for even Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, uh, for them to uh, uh, ignore at some point. I, I don't know if we are at that point yet. But I do want to applaud Donald Trump for uh, bigfooting the news cycle that was going terribly for Joe Biden. Good job, Donald, uh, with uh, now making the news cycle focus on your comments about NATO countries. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, dude, I think Trump should Trump should run Joe Biden's 2020 playbook. Lock yourself in a basement someplace and don't come out. Well, I mean, except to go to court, you know, but just. Stop talking. 